Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. Welcome back. We are going to get it started right away with the cocktail of the day. I am sipping on this delicious, sweet red carbonated wine, giving some support to the local wineries out here. Treva, what you got over there? Ooh, that sounds real good. I'm having a apple martini with tequila, also known as a sour apple tequila cocktail. Ooh, girl, you know I love me some tequila, so I'm definitely going to have to try some of that. As always, we are going to get it started with... It's game time. For our game for today, we really have this really good conversation that we want to get into. What is your ideal version of a home family situationship? Now, this is stemming from a recent interview that Ebony K. Williams gave at the Breakfast Club, where she really gave some surprising claims about her version of a home life. Let's take a listen to what she had to say. If coming home to a sanctuary is important to you. If coming home to a curated home where you are king of your castle, where it looks good, it smells good, there's a hot meal, you don't have to worry about where your clothes are, they're clean, they're hanging up, everything's organized, your kids are clean, they've done their homework, those things, I'm the woman for you. I really (sighs) believe a woman's role is to curate a safe, very comfortable, loving home. So I cater to you by Destiny's Child. No, I'm uh, kidding. I'm um, kidding. <laughs> I don't. I, and I could be. I could. I, I well, now a, yeah. I don't think a man can make a house a home. Yeah, I, I believe that's a woman's role. That said, I'm not paying no mortgage. <laughs> no, I'm not paying no mortgage. I'm dead ass. Not even half. Not not even five dollars. <laughs> not even five fucking dollars. What about bills? You paying some bills? Not even five. What about- um, I'm not ever gonna laugh about that. So we see here right off top that some of these things are not really adding up to what we know about Ebony. Treva, what are you thinking about what she had to say? Yeah, now I know people have different personalities to them, which is fine, but Ebony has presented herself to be a very alpha female, which is great. But she was also saying like, yo, I'm not touching a mortgage whatsoever. She's not even putting $5 to that, nothing. She's like, she's going to stay at home. She's going to keep everything all together. If there's a family, she got everything situated, dinner ready, clean home, all that. And it's just a little surprising because she shows off herself to be a little bit different, especially since I would say she comes really harsh at the other women. You know, when they have a ideal of what they think is something, she's like, no, 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 it's going to be this way. So for her to have this home life family situation all like, I don't want to say very olden times, but I was shocked. But um, Sally, what are you bringing to the table? Well, if we're talking about this in terms of bills, not even touching the mortgage yet uh, with bills, I'm a firm believer that either you take a bill, I take a bill or we're just going to split that joint right down the middle. What I will say is I'm never paying for a spectrum bill because fuck the cable companies. I'm so over them. Oh, damn. They must do something wrong to you, huh? The internet don't ever be working and I be paying for that top speed stuff and it's always slowing down. Well, damn. Well, the thing is, whether you splitting the mortgage or one person paying, other person paying. Remember what Sally and I said a few episodes ago, make sure both names are on the paperwork. 
Okay. Yes, you must get that paperwork because at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter if you were paying all the bills and they were paying none of the bills. The only thing that matters is whose name is on the deed, girl. Very true. But you know what? If we are all so lucky enough to meet a, you know, Black Bill Gates and he's like, yo, baby, I want to take care of this mortgage. Oh, that's all good and fine. But in real relationships, because, you know, Ebony is a reality persona, TV person, right? She's not thinking about like real people. How many people are like, all right, you're going to handle this mortgage and like it can work in that relationship. If that works for whatever situation you're in, then cool. But a lot of people will have to split bills and, you know, that will come with the mortgage that will come with like what's going on at home. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't can't stay at home if you want to be a stay-at-home wife or girlfriend or whatever cool i mean the man can work the woman can work and then you can both come home and make dinner and clean you could do it together you don't gotta split you go make money i stay home it don't have to be like that right and let me find myself a black bill gates who wants to pay my mortgage because the way these new york city property values are set up i would have to sell my kidney my right foot my left knee my hair extensions all the limbs Ooh, child. But you know what I am bringing to the table? Time and energy. That's right. Because let me tell you, time and energy are the most valuable commodities that we have to offer. And it's one of those things that once it's gone, it's not coming back. Because money comes and goes. But my time, once I've given that to you, that's it. That's true. And you know what? That is the type of relationship Ebony K. Williams wants is what she described. That's fine. But every relationship is different. So if she happens to find that man, that perfect man in the future, and it's not exactly her version of home, I guarantee you she'll switch it up real quick. You know, she putting up a little front. It is cool. We're so busy that for us to make time for other people, that's like the ultimate love language for us. So if I'm sitting here creating time and energy that I probably could be using to catch up on Mess Mess TV, but instead I'm using it to be able to form this deep bond and connection with you, you should be appreciative of that. Yeah, but I'm also coming from a standpoint of I I'm just so annoyed with Ebony right now and for so many different reasons on the show that I'm that's probably like why I'm reacting this way to her. So just saying I'm shady. It's time for some what the fuck news. So unfortunately, we recently just are following this developing story about uh, regarding the Haitian president, Juvenel Moise, who was assassinated in his own home during the early morning of July 7th. Based on some information that we've gathered, we have found out that his private home was attacked and stormed by what seems to be some trained gunmen. Tree, what is going on? So terrible and so sad. So his wife is currently in critical condition. She's been moved to Florida to get better treatment. So hopefully she pulls through all prayers out to the family. And he was expected to complete his five-year term next February. In 2019, a lot of political unrest uh, was called for his resignation as well, and it became a major crisis. And we know that Haiti has struggled and gone through a lot, especially with a great leader or trying to find a great leader at that. But what's really saddening is that he was assassinated and also the way the news is depicting the story. You know, they don't see Haiti as the great island that it is. And being part Haitian, it's always terrible to see. But also just seeing the names that they're using, like barbaric. You have to tell the news the way it is. It was an attack. Yes, we know this. And he was gunned down. Yes, we know that. There have also been a rising number of attacks 
throughout the entire U.S. in this year alone, not even counting 2020 in the pandemic. If you can't see the disparities and also the similarities in America and Haiti, it's just the way they talk down to Haiti that always makes me so upset and mad. But I also don't want to forget that um, the Haitian president has passed and we want to send our condolences. That is an excellent point that you bring up where we have a major mass shooting problem in America, but never once do media outlets describe our country as barbaric or savage or in any way not deserving of recognition of it being a superpower. Now, let's not get it twisted. Haiti was the first Caribbean country to gain independence from its colonial powers. Whenever we're talking about Haiti, we need to recognize that this is just as much a beautiful land as any other that obviously has had its share of political problems, but that should not be the narrative to take this over. And as Tree mentioned, our condolences are always with the family and the country at this time, because as we can expect, things will get worse before they get better. So prayers up for Haiti. Yes, let's double down on that. Things will eventually get better. Moving on to some more sad news. A newborn needed dozens of stitches after a botched C-section. The parents had planned to have a natural birth, but the doctors suddenly couldn't find a heartbeat. So obviously they jumped in to do an immediate C-section. However, when they pulled out the couple's daughter, she had a nasty gash across her cheek that required 13 stitches. So awful. Not my child. Mm -mm. Nope. I would be under the jail. I'm sorry. Because C-sections are very routine procedures. And why in 2021 are we having to deal with issues like this? But also the mother named Kiani Williams and her family had to launch a GoFundMe page to hire a lawyer and explore their legal options. But also that child will have to have a few plastic surgeries. I really hope that, you know, for the sake of the child, that they're able to get everything that they need to get. This is definitely not something that you want to deal with on top of all of the you know, the difficulties that come with having to care for a newborn, but now also dealing with the additional care of this particular problem. I also 100% support them taking legal action because these doctors need to know that you can't just be playing with people's kids like that. And also, I want to know what happened to the team that operated on her. That part. Didn't see that in the article, but I will be following up on that. And moving into just ridiculous this is really why we do what the fuck news like come on a european influencer named oil london i don't believe that's his real name but oil london he's 31 and he got 18 yes 18 surgeries to look korean what is going on in the world with the brain parts and the not making of the sense. There weren't any. That's the problem. So he has spent the past five years trying to look like BTS singer Park Jameen. I mean, give it up. I mean, those boys are cute, but why are you spending all this time trying to look like something that you're not? So he says he's always felt Korean and now he says he feels Korean and he has tight eyes. So basically he shared a video from his hospital bed after one or his multiple surgeries. He actually underwent an eye surgery a facelift a brow lift and a temple lift i think he probably did all those surgeries in that same hospital visit who knows i just don't get it but he has clearly been slammed for his ultimate cultural appropriation but you have other people praising him in admiration for the korean culture 
No, there's definitely a difference between appreciation and appropriation. And honestly, I blame Rachel Dolezal for this shit because she started all of this bullshit with her claiming about being transracial and all this other stuff. Yeah, but there's a difference between, you know, kinking up your hair, wanting to look a certain way, getting tans, etc., and actually going through multiple surgeries. He spent over 100,000 euros doing all these surgeries to look like a different race. I, I just, we can't make this up. It makes no sense. Honestly, um, I expect to see him on an episode of Botched with our best friends, Terry and Paul. See, but you know what? I wouldn't even want them to be on Botch because that would just be giving him more limelight into the stupidity that he's done. Like, why should you change your features to look like a different race? Done. And now for some regular, regular news. We have got to talk about free Britney. Britney Spears, who we all know and love, is 39 years old now, has recently been doing a whole lot of back and forth in the courts to challenge her conservatorship. Her father and a group of attorneys have basically assumed all control over her life, where she can go, what she can do, how much she rehearses, what gigs she can take. But she claims that her father has been drugging her and forcing her to take birth control because he does not want her to get pregnant so that it does not stop her performing and touring schedule. Yes. So he is forcing her to work seven days a damn week, makes her take lithium and and he made her get an IUD so that she would not have more children. And Brittany has said she wants to get married to her boyfriend. She wants more children. She is 39 years old. She can definitely make that happen. For the most part, Brittany's lawyers have been doing all the talking, but it was really great to see her break her silence, address the court and the people, and really tell us how much she's been abused. I mean, she has been working we remember her from the Mickey Mouse Club as like a five-year-old girl. She's now 39. That's basically her entire life. And her father just won't let up. I also blame her damn mom because they're in on it. They're all banking off of her working and making money for them. Her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, even came out and said she needs to be let off of this. This is truly sad. She's never actually had a life of her own. Now, I understand this was all put in place when she had a mental breakdown. She did. And it happens when you start working your kids from five years old. Mm -hmm. Let the girl live her damn life. The woman, let her live. Yeah, and it all comes down to what you're saying. She's basically been sort of the meal ticket for her parents. And of course, her dad is going to be like, no, you can't do all of these things because the more you work, the more money you make. But she's almost a 40-year-old woman. She has every right to say what goes on with her life, who she chooses to live her life with, and being able to move on and have all the things that she deserves because she's been working so damn hard. And you know what? Even if she never performs again or never makes another album, we will be fine. She has hit after hit after hit from decades ago that will live on. Like, Britney is good. I just really hope they free her of this and she gets to live her life. Moving on to some more questionable and very suspect news. The New York Times recently decided to do some forensic sleuthing of their own, and they tested a Subway tuna sandwich. And guess what they found? What? So they tested over 60 inches of Subway tuna sandwich samples from three different Subway locations in Los Angeles. 
And these tests revealed that no amplifiable tuna DNA was present in the sample. So the lab then went on to say that it's so heavily processed that whatever they could pull out couldn't be identified. And Subway clapped back saying and put out a statement that DNA testing is not a reliable methodology for identifying processed tuna because obviously their food is processed so that it can last longer and still be somewhat fresh to give to the customers. I'm just wondering what made them actually test this in the first place? And secondly, why DNA testing? But also, I find it strange that they can't pick up that it's real tuna. Like, that's weird. What you mean? Right. Right. So y'all can't get some chicken of the sea tuna and just like, you know, smear that around because chicken of the sea is already in a can, which means that it can last for a very long time. What if they take chicken of the sea and test that? What would that come back as? Because that's somewhat processed as well. They have to be able to have shelf life so that people can get it from the grocery store. And if you're getting it from a Subway sandwich, I mean, I guess it's the fact that Subway claims that they're so fresh, 100% fresh, that it shouldn't be processed. I don't I don't really know the proper answer here, but it's all very skeevy and you ain't gonna find me in no Subway sandwich. Mm-mm. So that's funny that you bring that up because one of my many, many, many jobs while I was in grad school was uh, doing a partnership with Italy where they told me how shelf-stable foods in the U.S., legally only have to be 51% real food of whatever product they are claiming to sell. So now that gets me to thinking, what am I eating? Yep. That's why it's better to buy fresh from the grocery store and put it together your damn self. And the thing is, I get that people don't have time and you want to grow and grab fast food. Well, then guess what? If you happen to grow a third leg or a fifth arm, shut up. It's a no for me. All right. We're jumping into hashtag we winning so hats off and claps for notori Naughton. she has gotten her own day it's june 18th and she was commemorated in new york city so she's not just a singer actress and all-around entertainer notori is also being recognized for all of her philanthropic work during the coronavirus pandemic tell us more Mayor de Blasio and his wife officially made June 18th Notori Naughton Day for her efforts to feed over 10,000 families. Let me say that again. 10,000 families in the New York and New Jersey area throughout the past year through her charity, the Notori Dreamers Foundation. She was honored as part of New York City's Juneteenth celebration in Harlem as well. I think it's so great. The thing is, I didn't even know she was doing this, but this is such a great thing when you're not just an entertainer, you are silently doing great work and helping those. And I'm not even sure, you know, where she was born and where she came from, but the fact that you are helping those in need, especially in the time like the pandemic when they needed it the most and being recognized for it, girl, hats off to you. Exactly that. And she is definitely a shining example of what we mean when we say it be your own people in the good way. All I got to say is the rest of 3LW is definitely mad for not keeping her in the group. But let's move on to Allison Felix, who qualifies for her one, two, three, four, five, fifth Olympics. This will be her fifth straight Olympics in a row, but the first time as a mother. Damn, that's amazing. 
Yes, you know, we have a very special place for Alice and Felix in our hearts because how Tree and I met is through track and field. So being able to see all of this beautiful black excellence that is still represented in the Olympics uh, is so amazing. Uh, she came in second in the 400 meters during a track and field trial, but whether she brings home gold, silver, or bronze in Tokyo, she is still winning, baby, because she's out here doing the damn thing. She done had a whole baby, and she's still out here training with the best of them, keeping up with all of these young bucks, but she still got it. And she better be making them records. Claps all around. Yes, yes, yes. And it's everyone's favorite. Check this out. Tiffany Haddish has a new late night talk show called Friday Night Vibes on TBS with Dion Cole as the DJ co-host. So in the middle of a movie playing on the TBS network, Tiffany's variety show will have new and old musical acts and her celebrity friends will be coming on. This sounds like a really cute Friday night getting together with the friends type of vibe. It does. She described this as you when you come over to her house and watch a movie with her, she's going to be yelling at the screen. She's going to be stopping in the middle of the movie and saying a bunch of stuff. So this is like that. That's basically what she said. But she's getting all her celebrity friends to come together. They're going to discuss the movie playing. They're also going to be enjoying the DJ, the bar, the drinks, and a live studio audience who could chime in too. I like that. Ooh, this is going to be fun to watch. And on her first episode, she's going to have Snoop Doggy Dog and Miss Tina Knows Lawson, honey. I may have to check this out. Now, I'm definitely going to let y'all know I'm not watching the movie that's on TBS because they're more than likely playing something, you know, 10, 15 years old. But um, I will check out to see what kind of crazy mess they get into because all those people sound like a good time. And Tiffany Haddish is racking up them coins. Yo, Tiffany Haddish is out here on that Michael Strahan, I got 27 jobs type of money. But good for you, girl. I ain't mad at it. Moving on, Will Smith has a memoir coming out in the fall. And he wants us to know it's not just a cool cover. It's actually really good. Yeah, so we'll get to find out about his childhood in Philly, rap career, him turning into an actor. Of course, he'll be talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and his major box office hits like Ali and some others. It took him two years to work on this, and I can't wait to read it. I might just check it out because I want to know about those entanglements. Are you going to be talking about those entanglements? That's what I want to know because, you know, I'm here for the mess mess. That's definitely something that was plugging up the airways while we were all in COVID and whatnot. Give us the tea. Yeah, because we already know and love Fresh Prince. We've seen all your movies. We kind of know about the beginning of life. So anything else that talks about your first marriage, your current marriage, the openness of it, I, I hope that's in there. Yes, anything to keep us well-read yet entertained. And speaking about entertainment, Netflix is really, um, you know, taking it a little bit further with these dating games. No, too far. I was trying to be kind, but honestly, I do not understand this at all. They have this new show on Netflix called Sexy Beast that claims to not care about looks. I honestly thought that this was like uh, the second season of Love is Blind and they were just doing like, oh, Love is Blind, Sexy Beast. But you don't know that I'm a sexy beast. But no, 
not at all. This is a British reality dating show where the contestants wear animal masks, like the huge mask that you wear for Halloween, which is the one that you put directly over your head. So you can't even see your hair, like nothing at all whatsoever. And they claim that this is all an attempt to find the real personality behind the person you're dating and not to get clouded by, oh my God, you're so fine, but really make that true connection. Yeah. So you get to hear their voice you get to see their body but their head is completely covered in a beast costume i mean this is just about the dumbest shit i didn't ever seen or heard of and i thought not i thought i know america we do some dumb shit but what the hell is going on up in the uk why so even just seeing the trailer for this show i'm like what the freak is going on you see these people in full-on headgear like even their eye area is covered up in makeup to match the mask and these people are making out with masks on and i'm not talking about the mask that we was walking around with a year ago i'm talking about a full-on like halloween costume it don't make no sense like a bear and a wolf and a dolphin and all that other shit the thing is if you really want to get to know somebody while you're dating them that ask the right fucking questions if you need to wear a mask to get to know someone's personality that means you look fugly that's a you problem Or that also means that you are just too fucking shallow and don't know how to look beyond the surface, which, again, is more a you problem than a we problem. Hands down, Netflix, you got to get rid of the show. It's dumb. All I can say is this is exactly what happens when the UK been boarding the house in the house board. And now they're coming up with all this. I can't even call it content. It's just foolery. Oh, we got a good one for you. It's time for sad blackity black ass truth. See, now here's the issue. When we winning, why do some people hate to see it? This specifically is about very melanated and beautiful, but also smart ESPN reporter Maria Taylor, who is hosting the network's pregame and halftime shows for the NBA finals, which just recently started. She is hosting instead of the jumps co-host Rachel Nichols following an uproar of controversy. So let's dig in a little deeper. Rachel Nichols, who is white and Maria is black. Rachel was caught in a phone conversation that was leaked suggesting that the nba countdown co-host landed the job solely because she's black and because of diversity thoughts ellie um no girl she got the job because she's actually good at the job and she's better than you so stop being a fucking white tears hater see that's the thing where i'm like why is it now that Anywhere where you see a person of color, no matter how great you are doing, no matter how hard you worked, some people will only see it as, oh, okay, it's because you're this race or it's because, all right, you're a female. Why can't it be because you fucking earned it? You worked your ass off and you're good at what you do. And let's not sit here and pretend like women and women of color and people of color are on the same playing field as their white counterparts. Because we all know that for Maria to get to where she is, she had to run where Rachel could walk to. Not even walk. She was placed. It's just so sad, but I'm glad that she is ousted. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on this to see if she loses any further gigs. We looking out for you, Rachel slash Karen. No, ma'am. And now for your black card revolt. Trick. Daddy trick, daddy trick, daddy. Why do you do these things to yourself? No, when you say it like that, it sounds a little dirty. 
this is a bad this is a bad trick daddy okay yeah no i don't don't get it twisted this is definitely not no 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 this is just not good at all and we really need trick daddy to please get off your phone stay off the technology get off the socials because this man really was out here experimenting on clubhouse talking about in his opinion he believes beyonce cannot sing he went out there saying Beyonce don't write music and barely can sing her motherfucking self. Beyonce can't sing. So he claimed that she can sing, but she can't sing. Trick then continued to validate his claims by saying his godmother is the one who gave the singer-songwriter vocal lessons throughout her decade-spanning career. Okay, and so she's serious about her craft and got vocal lessons. So what? And as we know, not just everybody in the world but definitely the beehive came after trick daddy's ass they lit it up on fire and they went to the socials they went on everything you could find and they even went to the yelp reviews for trick daddy's miami gardens restaurant called sunday's eatery they eventually had to shut his yelp page down because of all the negative comments and you know what trick daddy still ain't let up he stands behind his word and you know that really gets me thinking that he's doing all of this for clout because hands down we all know how talented Beyonce is he even went on to say that you know Beyonce is to R&B what Jay-Z is to rap basically we know that that's a good thing but he's saying that it's not a great thing that Jay-Z isn't the best rapper alive I mean I wouldn't say that either but they are talented they work for everything they have for you to say that she can't sing is really ridiculous so like stop trying to clout chase off of their success in their union because you know what after all this they have said nothing to him as they shouldn't but like you look stupid and like a hater yeah and everyone who has half a brain knows that you definitely don't want to mess with beyonce because that beehive is hella strong and they will mess your shit all the way up but even his day one trina you know trina and trick daddy go way back the minute he said that trina went on the socials and she was like i stand for beyonce she was letting it clear lines i am not with him i do not know his name nope she said i stand with her this ain't got shit to do with me do not take this shit out on me she was like 305 don't claim him bye All right, y'all, it's time for Celeb News Reality Roundup. So tis, tis, tis. Chris Brown is under investigation after a woman alleges he smacked her so hard. Her weave done came out. Now, how is that even possible? We're not talking about a wig because the wig could easily fall off. How did your weave come out? Like, I'm trying to think about this. There are clips. Nope, that's not it. There's a wig. Nope, that's not it. We're talking about cornrows. Sew that sucker in. Weave. How did it come out? I need to know more. Like, there's not enough information about this weave. Like, I need to see the video footage of how exactly this all went down because the only way your weave could have came out is if he took the weave, wrapped it around his hand, and yanked it out. And even then, you know, if it's in there all secure, it would take a little bit of force for it to just come all the way out. I'm thinking maybe it's a ponytail because that is still, a, right? Do you mm. consider that a weave? Like, I, I, for me personally, I consider a weave. You have cornrows under, you are sewing that in. But... If you have a ponytail, you still actually kind of like sew it into your little knot. You know what I'm saying? 
But even then, I feel like he would have needed to like Chung Lee karate chop the ponytail off of her. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I'm mad that we are really dissecting this. But what had happened was the cops took out a battery report and named Brown as the suspect and no arrests have been made. So unfortunately, we have no more information about this weave, but I'm very intrigued. I really hope that in the game of fact or cap, this a cap. Yeah, I hope this is not true. Also, Chris Brown, like, we cannot forget what you did in the past. Just go to jail and just stop making music. This is not a good look. It's not. Moving on to, uh, you know, men that just don't know what to do with themselves. Sean Kingston admits to cheating while his girlfriend is in the next room. I just don't even know where to begin. In an interview, he claims to cheating in a past relationship where his then-girlfriend was upstairs and he was smashing another woman downstairs all because he was mad at her. But get this. He also claims that was the only time he'd ever cheated because he don't cheat. How you don't cheat? You damn, you cheated, you freaking fool. And he said, but he was so mad in that moment that that's why he did it. I don't understand why people do dumb shit or they know they're wrong. And then they have an excuse for it. You don't need to have an excuse. You wrong. That's it. Also, I'm going to need y'all to stop listening to this bullshit that Charlotte may be talking about with black men don't cheat. And then after you do the dumb shit that you do, talking about I don't cheat. Like you just admitted that you did. And second of all, I wish somebody would try that shit with me in my house because you mad at me. Oh, no, 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 no. We're about to set it off up in here like Angela Bassett and waiting to exhale. That part. Moving on to some Beverly Hills Real Housewives news. And we finally are getting to the good good of what we wanted to see this season on Beverly Hills, which is Erica Jane telling her truth about her marriage and its subsequent collapse after she recently filed for divorce. Yeah, so we get to see that she's been putting up a whole fakery out here. She has not been happy in a very long time. And basically, she was just there to look like the cute trophy wife because we saw him on camera multiple times, not really respecting her at all. He didn't see her value. He would just basically like, shh, don't talk. Like, we've seen that a few times. He did that to her. And now she's moved. She said she left the house with practically nothing. She even took him to work that day that she served him the divorce papers. Actually, he came home later on that night and got the divorce papers, but she'd already moved out the house the day before. And she's talking about dating and more. I'm so excited about it. She said she's going to smash a lot of people. And I'm here for girls. Like, we know what you was trying to do staying in that marriage. She's waiting for him to take the croak. But um, girl, you're doing what's best for you. Look, it was the waiting 90 days for me when she stood there and said, I'm going to give myself 90 days as, you know, just to be with myself, do some self-care. But baby, day 91. I cannot wait to see Miss Erica out here in these streets. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who would be a good match for her because she could date up or down. You are right. That's something that deserves some uh, some thought to there. Um, I feel like either Bravo is going to give her a spinoff or we just gonna have to wait till next season, which is fine because Erica Jane ain't going nowhere. She will be on the Housewives. But also speaking about dating, our girl Garcelle, she talked about the possibility of getting married again to her sons and her sons are teenagers. And it was so cute to see her have that conversation with them and them basically like saying no because (laughs) they love her and they're like you don't need anyone else but i also feel like that's what they feel because they have never seen their parents together so when you you grow up in a broken home 
you feel like you don't want anything to change. But I also get Garcelle wanting to show them, you know, a happy, stable life and marriage. So, you know, whoever you find out there, Garcelle, they ain't ready for you because you are gems. And also that's what they feel now at 14. Let's see if they're still singing that same tune at 24. Right. When they at the house. Exactly. <laughs> but also Lisa Renna. Mm, tell us, girl. Lisa Rinna confirms some speculations that have been going out in the blogs and such and ting tings that her 19 year old daughter is currently dating none other than the Lord Scott Dizick himself. Just a reminder that Scott is a little bit seasoned compared to her daughter. How seasoned? He 38 girl. Daughter 19, he 38. Well, how many children? Three children. Treat. That is insane. Now, of course, all the other housewives were giving their perspective and saying, oh, hell no. Nah. But what surprised me was Garcelle was the one who looked on the other side of things because her eldest son, who is in his mid early 20s, he actually met his current wife who is around the same age as him, but she has two kids of her own and was divorced. And now she sees her daughter-in-law's children as her own and she really likes their union. So she was basically telling Lisa Rinna, hey, if they fall in love, this could possibly work. Honestly, this situation to me, if it was a regular person, not a celebrity and not knowing all the BS and mess that Scott Disick has been involved in, the age and the children thing doesn't really bother me because I've dated older men. I've also dated men with kids. I don't mind an older man. My parents actually have a 20 plus year difference. So I'm okay. You know, any zaddies out there listening, I don't discriminate on the age thing. The only thing that gets me about this situation is just Scott is a mess. And he also just got out of a relationship with someone who was 19, 20 as well. They dated for like two years. So he had a type. <laughs> he has a type. I don't got no type. Bad bitches is the only thing that I like. As long as Lisa's daughter is being smart about it and taking care of her feelings and her mental health, which is the other situation where I'm just like, you know, you were just in the news. You just came off of this huge personal battle that you dealt with. Me personally, I don't think that being involved in a relationship with a Lord Scott Disick at this juncture in your mental health journey is the best decision, but to each their own. But listen, she most definitely is being smart about it. She is now linked to the Kardashians. She's a model slash, you know, entrepreneur with her sister. She wants her name to be out there. So if no one knew Lisa Renna's daughter before, oh, they know who she is now. This is all business strategy for her. Trust. You know what? You're right. And she is Absolutely. Lisa Renna's daughter. You are correct. Yeah, but everybody knows Lisa Renna. Everybody also knows the Kardashians. Both differently, but still, now they know who Lisa Renna's daughter is. We can all see from the upcoming trailers for the next episode that if anyone does not agree with this union, it is her daddy. Which he, he better. And now move on to the hot mess new season of Below Deck Mediterranean. And their non-chef cooking ass, he just, I just can't. This is the worst intro to a season ever. I'll be damned if I am rich and I'm paying for an expensive yacht vacation and there is no chef on board. And the people, the cleaning crew, the deck crew are throwing together expensive cuts of meat and food, but they don't know how to cook and you are eating rubber? What? 
let me tell you, one of this for me was one of the most difficult moments of TV for me to watch ever. Because for me to see you taking all of this beautiful, expensive lobster, massacring this filet mignon and cooking it beyond anything that's recognizable. I was just sitting there like, I cannot watch this. However, at the same time, that's what you get, Sandy and Malia. Yeah, but the thing is, we can't even be mad at the people who are making the food because that's not their job. Exactly. They are not so they're not chefs, but the chef ain't shit because he just got on the boat. It's been all of one day. And mind you, this is during, yes, COVID times where you had to quarantine for 14 days before even getting on the yacht with these people. So everybody had to do their time. And he claims he had a knee injury. He needed an MRI. And he was ghost for a good 24 hours. Mm -hmm. People paid for a vacation and they got, they got shit. That's what they got. Not just a vacation. You paid to be on a mega yacht, which is not cheap, cheap, y'all. Yes, it's very, very expensive. But that wasn't it. And then he came back a whole day later after that terrible meal. And now he's acting like, oh yeah, it's fine. He also explained that he has anxiety. So I feel like he... He freaked out and he wanted to bail and he did. And then he came back because he felt bad. But how can you do that? He even said he left two jobs before exactly. even starting those jobs. Knowing that that should be on his resume somewhere. Like somebody should put that somewhere so that he doesn't get hired again. Cause you can't, you can't belly up and leave people, especially in that position like that as a chef, like you, you gotta be there. You're the only chef on board. How dare you? Someone on the below deck yachting world is not doing their due diligence and checking references and following up on interviews because for you to have left two other jobs for the same exact issue of, oh, I have anxiety. I get overwhelmed. I don't think I can do this. That's a fucking problem for me because just like how you mentioned, it's not like you are leading the past and you have a sous chef and other people under you who can take over when you are missing. It's just you. That part. But it's the it's the audacity for him to say it in an interview, though. Like, I would expect him to say that in the reunion. No, he said it the minute he came back like, oh, I've actually done this twice before. What? But on to better news, though, we have the most black people we've ever seen on this show. We have a guy who's on the deck team and we have a black stewardess. We have had one before. So yay to her. And she was a former Miss Bahamas. And I'm like, you know what? It's good because I never see black people on the show. I love the show regardless, but it's great to see them there. I am all for all of this lovely black representation. Speaking on black representation, girl. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta has returned. It sure has. Yes. And on this season, we are seeing how Yandy and Mendeecees have actually moved to the ATL. Erica Mena and Safari are starting off mm, a bit rocky and don't know they're expecting yet. And other new people join the cast. Yeah, so in this premiere episode, we don't see Lamar and Carly Red yet. So they coming up. I will be watching for them. But of course, we see Yandy continue to do her activism, be a boss ass businesswoman and mother. And it was good to see her father. And yes, Mendeecee's being a free man out here. So he was happy to kind of like live and walk around because, again, he got out during 
quarantine, well, the COVID times. Also, I feel like Andy Mendes is like, did you really, really move to ATL or did you move to film the show because Georgia did not shut down not one bit? That's my question. Apparently, you know, COVID stopped at the Georgia border, so. It just wasn't there. They shut down shit. But also seeing Erica Mena and Safari. So they talked to, you know, everybody separately. They like Erica Mena talks to the girls and then Safari kind of talks to um, Scrappy. They're talking about their frustrations with each other in their marriage. And it's just sad because it's been one year of marriage. You know, they have a daughter. Again, they don't know that they're expecting another child. We know this because this was filmed last year. And we now know that they have a a new baby that has already joined the world. But it's sad because it seems like she's really pleading. Like, what do you want? Do you want this? And Safari kind of seems really pigheaded and stubborn. He basically says he didn't know that his life was going to change with having a kid. And Erica Manna wants him to grow up. She's been a mother. She has a child previous to now children. She has a Safari. But I, I don't know. I just feel bad. I feel like it's so uncomfortable to watch and like I shouldn't be watching it. Like that's how it felt. Like you're uh, sort of intruding on someone else's marriage. Oh, yeah. It's it was too awkward. Now knowing that they're filed for divorce, who knows if they will complete it. But you know what? It just seems like they're not going to be happy together. And if you're not going to be happy together, then just get rid of the awkwardness, split up and be the best parents to your kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't honestly say that I'm surprised about this because when we saw them last season getting ready to get married, Safari wasn't exactly on his super excited tip of I'm about to be a husband, I'm about to be a father. I felt like he was a little bit wishy-washy when it came to the marriage in and of itself. I would have liked for this to work out for them, especially because I know that wanting a family is something that Erica has spoken on for a really long time. And it just doesn't ever seem to happen for her. So who knows? Safari also spoke about it too, but I felt like they are a couple that allow social media to kind of F up their lives. You know what I mean? But that is some of what Safari has done. There were pictures of him out, you know, in a club, whatever, no ring on. Why you didn't know him ring on? Then, and this kind of comes up in the trailer for the whole season. So we see like small clips of it. And then there's also a piece where he basically said it was a mistake getting married. How is Erica supposed to feel? You put that on the social and the medias. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you expect someone to feel? So, I mean, I'm completely on Erica Mena's side. I'm not saying that she's always 100% right. But in this particular case, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just sad. I just hope that we don't end up making him a BAN of the week. Uh, he might be. But moving on to some other things and ting things happening in Atlanta. What's going on? So, the besties finally got them credentials to get on Zeus. So thank you. Somebody share the password. Thank you out there. You know what I'm saying? You know who you is. Thank you so much for hooking your girls up. Because let me tell you, when I logged in, I knew it was going to be in for some mess mess. But honey, this was messy mess, 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 mess. All I'm saying is that in the first episode, somebody gets their wig pulled off and thrown out the window. Wait, and this is baddies of Atlanta? Mm Mm-hmm. First episode, wig off and out the window. Damn, I got to catch that. Somebody gets spit on. Somebody gets a drink thrown on them. Tanisha's already coming out here with the Brooklyn energy, letting bitches know it ain't about that time. Yo, I love me some Tanisha. I ain't getting no sleep because of y'all. Play that clip. Play that clip. I ain't getting no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep because of me. 
But you know, aside from baddies, which I got to catch up on, there's also Jocelyn's cabaret up on Zeus. Yes. And you know, the Puerto Rican princess, she delivers. Everything she does, it's going to be done how well. And then there's also Chance from I Love New York. Chance also has the dating show. So, and I heard it's ghetto. Listen, let me tell you, y'all need to not be sleeping on Zeus because the content on there will definitely get you through a full work day, slow weekend, and at least two pitches of margaritas. Oh, wait. And you know who else has a dating show on there? Black China's mother. I think that's on Zeus too. Tokyo? Mm-hmm. I think it was no, like we don't need years ago. The world don't need that. The world does not need that. Out there in the Zeus world. The world does not need that. Okay, Zeus, come on. I'm going to need you to to rein it in just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think that's a little too hood for me to watch, but I might take a peek. She just, she extra crazy. Maybe I'll take a peek at those video highlights that, you know, they post about the show, but that's about it. Oh, but you know what? Black China show is also on that show too. It would be. But she also real ratchet. Like, I mean, I get all of the ratchet I need to know about Black China from her Instagram. That's how she make her money. She got kids. They they got things that they need. So, hey. But yes, the baddies of Atlanta is definitely where it's at. And I cannot wait to fill y'all in on the messy, messy, mess, mess. All right. I got to catch up on that. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.